What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, October 12th, 2017. You guys listening to episode 327. I hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody uh, had a great time in between shows. And, uh, oh, I got a lot to talk about on this one. An absolute ton to talk about on TVE 327. Uh, let me make sure it is TV 327. I always have that fear. Yes, it is. But I always have that fear when I do the show that I'm going to like have a good show or talk about what episode it is and keep repeating, hey, yeah, you guys listen to episode so-and-so. And then I do it and I publish it. It gets uploaded. And then all of a sudden I realize that it's the wrong episode. I think that happened once. So ever since then it scares the, uh, it scares the shit out of me. But Uh, A lot of amazing stuff to talk about, guys, on the show. We got an unacceptable, your guy's unacceptable, of course. Um, We have a ton to talk about today uh, in the world of sports uh, and the absolute incredible, incredible night that was uh, the New York Yankees last night winning the ALC, uh, winning a a place in the ALCS by uh, beating the uh, Cleveland Indians in Game Five of the uh, ALDS, uh, ALDS the uh, divisional series. So it was just a amazing night. I want to talk about that. New York City. I happened to be in there running around doing shows, and um, the club, the comedy clubs, all the TVs. I had the game on. Everybody was going nuts. Even the Yankee haters were into it. The people that love the Yankees, like myself, we all lost our minds. So it was definitely. Um, Awesome. Uh, what I mean, it was just probably one of the most tense, and that's one thing I want to talk about. I can't remember the last time I was that tense, that nervous to watch, you know, a baseball game where every single pitch you're holding your breath. It was it was insane. Um, so we're gonna talk about that. Uh, no movie this time, um, but I will talk about the 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 Star Wars craze with people buying tickets uh, because people buying tickets already. Uh, it's a little, you know, we'll, we'll get into that too. Um, so there, again, just a lot of stuff got back from Florida, went to, uh, Tampa was in Gainesville at a game with Joe Bartnick and Bill Burr and, uh, oh man, Mike Berkowitz. It was just, it was such a great, unbelievable, unbelievable time. Uh, so I will, uh, Get into everything uh, right now with you. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be. In your car, at your cubicle, at home, hanging out. Enjoy TVE episode 327. But before we go, you guys know what we have to do. That's right, we have to shout out the sponsors, the amazing sponsors of the podcast. Uh, Chassis, everybody. Chassis, premium body powder for men. Man care for down there. That's right. It is a premium body powder with special hydro shield technology which you guys heard me talk about many times. People always telling me they love the product. Um, you basically put on this powder uh, down there by your man parts, and you will get all-day protection against sweat, chafing, and odor. Also, chassis contains no aluminum, no talc, no parabens, no menthol. It is just a fine powder which will leave you dry clean down there like you have never been before. You get one bottle of Chassis Premium Body Powder. will last you three or four months, even if you use it every day, which I do. You guys will love this product. 
Um, I promise you. And like I said, I was not kidding. I got people all over, fans, doctors, everybody saying, Paul, thank you so much for this. Uh, thank you so much. Try this product, and I promise you right now, if you try this product, you will never, ever be able to say that your balls were cleaner. Uh, and you can buy Chassis for Men at ChassisForMen.com or on Amazon. So check that out. Chassis for Men. It is spelled C-H-A-S-S-I-S. Again, ChassisForMen.com or Amazon. And um, you can get, they have a shower primer. They have, I mean, they are, this is a product that is amazing. It truly is amazing. Also, guys, City Living Dogs, City Living Dog Services and Coach Mike. Contact Coach Mike. Check out Coach Mike's amazing YouTube channel, how he trains these dogs. One of the best dog trainers out there. You guys will love what he does. He's helped my dog who needed help. Okay, I have a part wolf, man. I have a primitive wolf running around, and he was able to show me things that worked. Uh, you could check out his uh, Facebook Live, his Twitter, his YouTube channel. Just Google, uh, just Google City Living Dog, okay? And you will see Coach Mike, and you will watch his videos and realize how good he is. And of course, guys, all things comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com for your favorite podcasts. All right, your favorite comedy albums and all kinds of amazing content on there. And I'm happy to announce that I will be at the All Things Comedy Comedy Festival uh, October 26th and 27th. That's right. Coming up in a couple of weeks, I will be back out in Phoenix doing podcasts during the day and doing some stand-up sets at night. Uh, taking part. It's going to be an amazing comedy festival, so please check that out. And follow them at uh, on Twitter at All Things Comedy. All right, guys, here we go. A lot of stuff to talk about. I was in um, Florida. I went to the Patriots Buccaneers game. Okay, uh, Thursday night with uh, Joe Bartnick, um, uh, Mike Berkowitz, and Bill Burr. Us four went to um, the uh, what do they call it? The, it's not the big sombrero anymore. Now it's something else. But anyway. We went to the pirate ship, guys. We went to the pirate ship, and uh, I bet on the Patriots, and the Patriots won. And uh, there was one incident that happened that still to this day annoys me. There was a kid standing up, a Patriots fan, while everybody was sitting down. He was just standing up, and he stood up the whole time to the point where me and him got into a verbal thing. People were screaming at him. Burr was telling him to sit down. Bartnick started screaming at him. Bartnick just started going at him. Bartnick started calling him... uh, Giselle started calling up Tom Brady's girl. It was bad. He was like, oh, people standing in front of him. Like, no, they're not. And he was wearing like salmon-colored shorts that they were making fun of. And people he was sitting with like the Bucks. And some old guy was drinking and like grabbed him and started getting physical with them. And uh, which kind of made people feel good, but it also started making people turn on the guy. But I said to the other kid, the Patriots, I go, sit down, dude. And he just was like looking at me. Then I see the same kid at the airport when I'm leaving. Same shorts, doofy like stupid, uh, he wasn't like a pretty boy, but you could tell he was like a rich kid and he had like this stupid hunch in his back and he walked, you could tell the kid never worked a hard day in his life. You know, you could tell he's just like a, like a trust fund kid. The kid was the worst, but, uh, yeah, he was, he was there. It annoyed the hell out of me when you're at a game and you had to stand up to watch plays of this NFL game on Thursday night, which you're excited about. I had just got into town. I'm drinking with my buddies are having a good time and you had to stand up. It got a little ugly, but what are you going to do? Um, then, that Friday night, we went over to the um, 
we went to the Mahaffey Theater, which was a great room. We had to get into a uh, we had to get into a car service or no? Did we? No, no. We actually. Um, I'm trying to think what the hell. That's how much drinking and partying went on. Uh, that's why I am on the wagon, everybody. That's right. I have not drinking in about, I don't know, four or five days, and I've been eating like an angel. That's how bad this trip was. You ever go on a trip, and you're like, it was such, it was just absolute, it was just so gluttonous and like nuts and partying and fun that we, uh, I had to come home and, and, and change my ways. It was one of those trips, one of those trips that make you change a lifestyle. But we performed in St. Petersburg at the Mahaffey Theater, and it was so much fun. Uh, the crowds were amazing. I could not, I couldn't have had a better time. Beautiful theater, great people, great audience, man. I had so much fun um, opening for Bill, and we were in the green room, and we were watching Game Two. Of uh, and one of the funniest things happened. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Bill Burr posted something about it. Um, he posted a video of me being told what happened. So here's what was going on. We're in the green room and we're doing two shows. We're doing a 7.30 show uh, or a 7 o'clock show and a 10 o'clock show or whatever. So we have this big, nice green room. There's a bunch of people hanging out. Oh, and Dan Smith, comedian from Boston. Great dude. Funny dude from Boston. He comes because he's a big LSU fan. And the next day we were going to LSU uh, Florida Gators. Yeah, our lives suck. I know. But we had to get working before, so we're at this big theater, and um, we have this nice big dressing room and couches and chairs, and uh, our friend Willis Whalen and Al, Willis and Al, Willis and Al have just been friends of ours, and they're part of the tradition of the college football game, so they, they came to the Mahaffey Theater too with us. We were all staying in the same hotel. So, so yeah, so the first night was just us four, and then the, 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 the everything else came out, everything else came out the next day. So we're all there. Yankees, Indians are on, and Yankees are winning like eight three, and everything is going good. And we're watching, and we're eating, and there's some drinks back there, and we're just chilling out. And the stage is not far away, so it's like, hey, when it's your turn to go on stage, there's 2,800 people waiting for you. Go do your thing, and it was just such a great time. And all of a sudden, the uh, the bad no call by Girardi, the no challenge. For you people that don't know what happened, one of the Cleveland Indians was. Uh, told by the umpire, you're hit by a pitch, take a base. There was already two people on base. And um, the guy gets on base, and then the next pitch was a grand slam, or they, they, they hit a grand slam to go come within one. And in reality, what happened was he wasn't hit by a pitch. The ball actually hit the bottom of the bat, the knob of the bat, and went into uh, Gary Sanchez, our catcher's glove, and he caught it, which means what? Bat to glove means it's an out, especially on two strikes. And uh, we should have been out of the inning. Joe Girardi, the Yankee manager, did not challenge it. And he had two challenges. So it's a really, really bad mess up on his part. And um, I'm just pacing. I'm losing it. I mean, me and Mike Berkowitz. Uh, Mike Berkowitz's agent. He's he's one of the best. He's the best. He's the best. And we're sitting there and we're hanging out. And we're just going back and forth. He's a big Yankee fan. Bartnick's a big Yankee fan. But, like, I, I mean, I was jumping around. And... Uh, of course, the Indians tie the game at eight, and then it starts going into extra innings, and I'm freaking out, and now it's my turn to go on stage on the second show. So Berkowitz goes, hey, I'm going to give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down, depending on what happens in the game during your set. You're a professional. You could handle it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let me know. So 
I go on stage. I'm having a great time. I'm a few minutes into my set. I think they were in the 12th or 13th inning at this point. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go up here for a little bit of time. Hopefully the game's still going on. I can watch the end. Sure enough, halfway through my set, I look over and I see a silhouette. And Mike Mike walks up to the curtain. And he gives a... Uh, he's I'm looking and he stepped up. And I see his hand doing something. I can't see if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So I have to take an extra beat. Now, mind you, I'm on stage in front of 2,800 people. So I look over and I see the thumbs down, and now I know the Yankees just lost a crucial game two in a best of five series, which means we're one win away from, I mean, we're one loss away from losing this thing and being eliminated. And we're a young team. You thought, hey, it's great that we got this far anyway. So as he shows me, I kind of just like stumbled on a word. I think I was talking about Trump or something, and I was just like, like I said Trump and then saw the thumb down, so I kind of said Trump and shit at the same time and stumbled, so I was just like, Dude, Trump just, and I just went into it. So uh, Bill Burr, unbeknownst to me, video recorded it. So now there was a clip. So I get off stage and Bill goes, dude, you have to see this. So Bill followed Mike Berkowitz to the stage to give me the news that the Yankees had lost. And I look over, I'm looking at it and I watch him and you see me do it. And they're just crying, laughing when you see me. And I saw myself like look towards the curtain and I'm watching this thing and I see myself go shit dude and like just and then go into it and you just hear them cackle laughing and Bill tweeted it so you could check out Bill's Twitter and you could see him um you could see him do, doing that uh so funny and it was it was heartbreaking though it was heartbreaking then the next day all of us go to Gainesville and we're driving in this. It was so funny. We were so out of place. It's like we're in the middle of this. Like we're in the deep south, Gainesville, Florida. We're on like dirt roads or like one lane roads with nothing seriously but just swamp and trees near us. And it's like me, Burr, Joe Bartnick, uh, Willis, uh, Dan Smith, Al. That like, you know, and we're just all packed in this big silver 2017 Escalade like it looked so ridiculous it was we were so out of place there and um we went to this uh we went to this um store to go get uh some booze so we go to this store and it is a shack I mean it looks like a shed and it's got all the good booze it's got everything but we you know so we just loaded up and we were all just, you know, we didn't have much time to tailgate, but we made some cocktails. We were smoking Cubans. And um, we were even driving on roads. Something really cool happened, and I'm sure some of you people saw this on TV, but something really cool happened. And uh, it was actually one of the coolest experiences I've ever felt at a, um, a, a sporting event. We were driving through, because um, you guys know the, the late, great Tom Petty, rest his soul. Tom Petty's from Gainesville, Florida. And he talks about some of the roads because they're like these narrow, like I said, narrow one-lane roads. And he talked about them in some of his songs. He was singing about them. So we were talking about that. And we were listening to Tom Petty in the, in the truck. And they busted my chops because I go, oh, we should listen to some Tom Petty since we're here. And they're like, it's already on. But it was a Tom Petty song I didn't know. So they busted my chops. Then I knew like the next six or seven of them. But of course, the dickheads are never going to let me live it down. Anyway, we uh, do our thing. We have some drinks. We smoke. We get into the, we get into the stadium. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but at halftime, they put Tom Petty's face on the big screen and they played loudly, won't back down. And we were 
amongst the people, 90,000 singing, won't back down. And uh, there's clips of it all over online. You have to see everybody who had the chills and the goosebumps. 90,000 people in this stadium were just going like, just singing, you know. Hey, baby, there ain't no easy way out. And everybody was just like, it was, it, I'm getting the chills. It was nuts. It was nuts. Not to mention everybody's hammer. Like, it was just awesome. So, uh, yeah, and LSU won, which was good for Dan Smith, who was with us because he's a big fan, and Bill Burr, who's a fan of LSU. So they won. And um, I shouldn't have bet the Gators because my son loves LSU too, or he likes them because of Odell and stuff. But I just thought it was a one-point you know, favorite at home. Yeah, take, you know, I'm already winning from the Patriots game. Put that money on it. And um, anyway, I still ended up up like 30 bucks or whatever because I won – I think I would have, I put like 150 on the Patriots and won, and then I put 100 on the Gators and lost. So I was at the end of the day, I was up 30. But an amazing experience, an amazing time, and came home Sunday just hurt. Hurting. And I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm on the wagon, and I've been eating clean, everybody. Oh, it's been nothing but water in my body and salads. For almost a good week now. And I feel I feel good. Uh, and then. What happened? Then. Last night. I'm catching you guys up. Last night I'm like. I need to go. I need to get on stage and bomb. Because I have no material. But the Yankee game was on. So I went in one show. Bombed. Then I went into another show. Did good. All the while we're upstairs at the stand. Going nuts. For the Yankees. Ari Shafir looked like he was tailgating all day. He had an Aaron Judge pinstripe jersey on and a hat. And nobody wanted to go on stage. When they were like, oh, you're up next. Like, oh, no, just tell the next guy to go long. Or let me, let me go after. People were just watching. So nuts. And the place was erupting. And then we all celebrated with a cigar at the Soho Cigar Lounge afterwards. Just an unbelievably great night. And um, I'll, I'll talk about the game after when I get to sports. But I have an unacceptable, everybody, that I saw t- this week that I was like, this is seriously not right. All right? It's not right. Okay? Now, I know a lot of stuff's been going on with the police. I know that there's been all kinds of protests because of the police and what's happened with the police. And, oh, but yeah, there's good ones. But yeah, but there's the bad seeds need to get out and all that stuff that's going on. Well, let's put all that aside for a second, okay? Let's put the good cops and the bad cops aside. This is about a fat cop, okay? And I'm not talking chubby. I'm not talking overweight. I think most people, most, are probably over, you know, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, maybe 10 pounds. It's one of those things where, like, you know, most people in, in that job, I should say, are pretty much fit. If you're a, listen, yes, there are some out of shape firemen, but if, you, if, you, if it's your profession, I'm not talking about like, you know, you're sitting up in the suburbs and like every three years a cat gets stuck in a tree and you got to leave the poker tournament that you just joined the friggin' volunteers for. I'm not talking about that shit. I'm not talking about those guys. You know, the guys that, you, you know, the guys got one job is to order pizzas every Thursday night. I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking about if you're a fireman or a cop and that's your profession and you're waiting to get a pension after being 20, 25, 30 years in there, for the most part, you're in shape. Not this man, okay? Those guys, maybe 15, 20 pounds. This guy, I'm not kidding you. I'm talking. I I thought it was a Halloween costume. 
I thought this man was in a Halloween costume. Okay? I'm sitting there and I'm watching this absolute debacle. Disaster. Disaster. Online with his partner getting something to eat. And the reason I didn't even notice them was because the cop that was standing in front of me, who was in decent shape, he kind of just had his hand on his gun holster while he's waiting online. So I'm like, I wonder if that's just like, if that's just like, you know, force a habit to like when you're in public and you're around people, if somebody's going to just snap the button off and pull your gun out. And the funniest thing about me saying that is I thought about doing that for a second. I'm literally staring at this guy and I'm staring at the handle of his Glock 9mm and I'm thinking, what if I just pull this thing out? I'm like, everybody get the fuck down. You know, meanwhile, it's like a bagel place. But I was just, I just you just have that thought. When a gun is that close to you, or maybe it's me, my OCD, my thoughts. I'm, I'm, I was like that close to a gun. And I'm like, like eight inches away from like my whole life changing. Where like, I, you know, I snapped the guy's, I moved the guy's hand. I pulled the gun out. The other partner shoots, kills me. Like, oh, we didn't know what he did. It was a potential this. And there's some big thing. Um... I'm having this crazy thought, which is so ridiculous, right? So then I'm like, well, this guy's got a gun in here. He's holding his gun. Oh, yeah, there's another gun, his partner. And then I look up at his partner, probably 300 pounds. Like the pants were over baggy, probably just to be comfortable. The waistline had to be like like 50. You know, the, the shirt hanging out, his badge looked smaller because he was so big. His gun looked like a toy. I mean, this guy was an absolute shit show. It looked like a fat dude overcompensated his his Halloween costume to be a cop. That's what it looked like. And I'm going, this guy is protecting people. Now, granted, it's in the suburbs. Probably nothing's going to happen. But the fact that this guy, if if this guy's lurking around this neighborhood, if you got a, if you got an intruder, you got somebody running into your house, you got somebody, you know, who's potentially putting you or your family's life in danger, and you're calling old roly-poly Ralph over, walking, you know, feet out, heels hitting the ground first, you know those, just adjusting the belt. I mean, this guy was, this guy, if this guy had to chase down a robber in your house, he's puking like 19 steps into the chase. He's just holding his knees puking. That's what this guy's doing. I mean, this guy was a wreck. He's just sitting there ready to order, you know, gun. I'm just like, how does this guy have a gun? How does this guy have a, it's, it just was ridiculous. It's like there needs to be some sort of state requirements. You know, I know, police brutality and all that. Put that aside for a second. In shape. Same thing with my airline pilots. I used to do a joke about that. Airline pilots, police officers. You have to hold a certain stand. You have to, there's got to be something here. You can't just have that. I'm not even trying to be funny. You can't have that. You can't have some big fat bastard, you know, just walking around. Like, just sitting there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get a, let me get a, a bagel with extra cream cheese. And, you know, he's got cream cheese on his face. He's got a gun and he's just a wreck. I don't want to see that. There needs to be something, okay? I don't want a police officer to look like an offensive lineman, you know, in an in a, like extra baggy clothes. It was a joke. Absolutely unacceptable. To the point where, like, I wanted to just call the precinct and be like, you guys know that this is going on? Like, have you guys checked this guy's diet? Like, is this guy just coming in under the radar? Like, yeah, Sarge, I'm losing weight. Don't worry. And he's just not. Like, is somebody on top of this guy? Guys, this, and I'm not making this up. This is a real cop. This is a cop. This is like taser gun, Glock 9. This is a cop. And he looked like, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I want I want you guys to know what it looked like. It looked like, 
Yeah, like Harvey Weinstein, if his face wasn't so weird, with more of like, if Harvey Weinstein's head was buzzed and like a little red, and then the guy was like twice as fat. And I hate to say it, but this guy's better looking than Harvey Weinstein. What a what a nightmare. You guys hear the audio of Harvey Weinstein? Oh, my God. Just like, no, you're going to come in my room and just watch me shower. It's like, ugh. Uh, I just don't know. Here, here's, here's the part about that that pisses me off, though. It's like everybody knew that shit was happening. I mean, that's my unacceptable, by the way, the, the cop. I mean, the Harvey Weinstein has been unacceptable forever. But here's my problem with Hollywood, the Hollywood actors and the Hollywood actresses, that everybody is so appalled. Meanwhile, everybody's saying that they used to gossip about it for decades, about, oh, if you want the part, oh, about this, oh, about the guy in his robe. It's like, you know what, now that they're starting to blow the whistle, everybody's on board. It's like, how about you have some heart and you come on board and, and, and you know, you step up for your fellow actor and actresses. You know, then when it's happening, oh, you're not going to get the movie. So that's going to silence you. But now you'll do it. Shut up. That's ridiculous. You do it when you're supposed to do it. You know, you blow the whistle when you're supposed to do it. And then if people are like, oh, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm blowing the whistle because, that, you know, I'm blowing. I'm, I'll lose my job. This is going on. But no, they didn't do that. They wanted to part in the movie. Everybody is full of shit. Everybody. You know, fat cops and perverts. That should be the name of this uh, podcast episode. Here we go. Let's go to your guys' uh, unacceptables here. Okay, let's see here. What do we got? All right. I'm sorry. See, I should have had this queued up, but that's what you get when you don't have a producer, everybody. Uh, I haven't had a producer in what? Going on seven years. And uh, let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? Um, I'm not going to get a producer now, and I'm not getting music now. There will not be a Verzi Effect jingle, unless it's nuts. Here, I'll say this. How about this? I always said I was going to just do it raw, but I'll do this. If somebody comes up with an insane, like, have to have music at the top of the show, and it's just so ridiculous, I'll do it. So I'll challenge you musicians. You send me a sample. Send me like a minute or something. Verzi Effect Show. You could do whatever you want. You could talk about the unacceptable. You don't have to. You could just do the Verzi effect. Anything like that. If, if something good, I'll play it at the top of the show. You know, I, I will definitely do that. Uh, here we go. Let's do your guys' unacceptable. And this is from uh, Levi, who's a regular regular writer. And Levi says, Hi, Paul. In response to Ryan's comment on email a couple of weeks ago back, uh, about my pain-in-the-ass boss... I don't think my boss wants to be friends because he, uh, he has done this to a select few other employees in the past, and they too have expressed their mutual feeling to me about this intrusive uh, and distrust in the workplace. Uh, laughing, I could see how this sounds like a scene out of the out of office space, though. In reference to you joking about the possibility of him being gay, I doubt it. He's married and has a couple of kids, but who knows these days. On a different note, did you see Cam Newton's pathetic apology to the female sports reporter that got dissed by him when he laughed at her comment? And then the pathetic apology. Uh, Unacceptable, Cam. So what if she got her feelings hurt for asking uh, a somewhat ignorant question and you called her her out on it? Unacceptable for NFL players making you apologize too. These reporters think they are more important than the players they are interviewing these days. Thanks, Paul, and I love the podcast and your comedy. Well, thank you so much. 
I'll say this. And ladies, you're not going to like this, but I'm sorry. Okay? I think it's definitely disrespectful to say female and all that. But I did find... I didn't even watch it. Just so you know. So I didn't even watch it. And if my daughter asked a question and an athlete replied like that, I would not like it. So I don't want to be inconsiderate here at all. And I don't want to make light of of, uh, somebody being misogynistic. All right? I... uh, you know, there's, there was women in my life. Okay. And I have a daughter, like, again, I have a daughter, but the fact that she was like, Oh, so what do you think about him running routes and him just laughing going, I think it's funny when a woman asks about routes. I did find that funny. There's something funny about that, you know? Um, cause, cause there is a, I don't know. There's a phoniness to it in, in a way. I mean, I've never heard like, you know, if, if, if I went on Martha Stewart's show and like, I really talked about pots like I really like like if you saw me a comedian on Martha Stewart's show and I was like so now seriously like when it comes to like the cupcake holders are the rubber ones better or not if she laughed and said oh it's funny I would never think that you know some Italian Greek dude with a gold chain would ask me that I would laugh and I get that this is different but it still made me laugh I did not see his apology and I think that everything was just way too sensitive that I really honestly don't even care anymore I really don't about anything anymore Okay, I honest to God don't. Last night I was on stage bombing. So I go, all right, you know what? Let me just start talking about this. And I remember somebody talking about what, uh, you know, George W. Bush was doing. I was like, yeah, and it's a really good point. I was thinking about this where I was thinking to myself, I remember George W. Bush went on um, Jimmy Kimmel. And he got like a hero's welcome. Okay, they're clapping and they're going nuts. Now, this is not a political thing, what I'm going to say at all. This is just what I'm going to say is a fact. And after I say the fact, I just, I said this to the crowd. And and this is what happened. I said, um, it's funny how everybody was clapping for the guy and going nuts for the guy. And, uh, you know, he's sitting there going, (laughs) you like me now. (laughs) And it's like, this is a guy, whether you're for or against, again, this is not a political stance, but did have the country go to war, Um, you know. Uh, in Iraq where there was weapons that weren't there or whatever. He did that. Uh, This is a guy who, you know, there was a lot of outrage and, you know, there's a lot of 30-something-year-olds my age walking around with titanium legs. And yet the outrage for a guy who's a misogynistic, narcissistic sociopath, okay, you know. I was like, but where is it real? Where's the real? But everything is outrage now. Everything is, you couldn't, you know, do you guys remember when Obama first got in office, he like swatted a fly or like he swatted, he killed a bug on the podium or he did something and like PETA said something. It's just like, it's to the point where it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that, you know, he, yeah, what he said was not, what he said wasn't great, but I, it's, it's just, you know, it's just silly to me to just have to like put your head down. It was really like nobody, nobody's apology is real. Nobody's apology. They they don't mean it when they apologize. They meant what they said in the moment. That's what they did. You know, Don Imus with nappy headed hoes. It was a stupid thing to say, but he's, I don't think he's just an awful racist person. I think when he said it, he was trying to make some joke to be some old cool guy saying nappy headed hoes like he hears in a friggin' rap song or her, and he was, and he lost everything. And then, oh, the deep apology. Or Kathy Griffin holding up a severed head of Donald Trump. And I'm really, and then she was like, I'm not that sorry. Of course you're not. You could tell when these people, these people aren't sorry. 
you know, my actions were just really unacceptable. Anytime you hear that my actions, you know, it hurt a lot of people, that's all coming from a network. Nobody means it. It's all bullshit. It's all fake. It really is. Uh, But thank you for the submission. Uh, and I agree with you, uh, Levi. Here we go. This one is from Derek. All right, not too many Ryans yet. I'm sure a Ryan's got to be coming. There's like five that right into the show. Uh, I was at the grocery store last weekend with my 18-month-old daughter. Uh, she's baby talking up a storm as we are going through the aisles. This woman in her 60s says, oh, your daughter is so cute. Are you giving mommy a break this morning? What's that? As soon as you said that, I didn't need to read the next sentence. And the next sentence is, what the fuck is that shit? Bitch, how do you know I'm not a single father? How do you know the mother didn't die in some horrible car crash six months ago? I mean, none of that shit is true. But to assume that a dad only takes the kids out to give mom a break is some bullshit. Unacceptable, Derek. I am with you, dude. I am with you. When they did not let me in, or or it's not that I shouldn't say they didn't let me in. I shouldn't say that. When they wanted one person to go in at a time, and this woman definitely was like not letting me go see my, and then I just walked in to see my daughter. It's it's ridiculous. It's because that's all we're good for, Derek. Sometimes you know that. That's all. Yeah, because it's the dad. He doesn't matter. It's the mom. You know. You know. God forbid we took part in anything. What did we do? Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, unacceptable. This is from Jason. Jason, hold on. I'm sorry. Unacceptable from Jason. Uh, Oh, and he even made the font big for me. You rule. Hey, Paul, I have a quick unacceptable for you. Uh, Not having air conditioning in public bathrooms, Paul. Having to use a public bathroom is already bad enough, but the only thing that can make a public uh, shitting experience worse is when (laughs) when you're taking shit and sweating your ass off. Uh, Then... What makes it even worse is when you walk out of the bathroom covered in sweat and everybody looks at you like, what the hell were you doing in there? Uh, what were you doing? <laughs> Push-ups in the damn bathroom. Paul, lock these cheap-ass business owners in a cage uh, in the sun with no air conditioning. Love the show. Paul, I've been listening for years after hearing about your show. Uh, after hearing about the show on Burr's podcast, keep up the good work, Paul. P.S. I tried to make the font big so it was easy to read. Hope that is not too big. Thanks, Jason. Well, thank you, Jason, for the submission. And thank you for... I mean, the font is definitely big. I mean, you didn't have to do it that big, but I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I, I... I Listen, with me, you guys know, public bathroom is... it's You try not to at all costs. And then sometimes you just have to. But I will never walk out of a bathroom pouring in sweat. Uh, A, I don't sweat like that. And B, if it was ever that hot, I'd have to take a towel and like wipe my face off. Like I can't walk out of a public restroom. Look, like, could you imagine a dude walking out of a public restroom in like an airport and he was just like, like he just walked out of a sauna, just pouring sweat. I I could not even walk in there. I couldn't, even if it was the cleanest, most, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Uh, Unacceptable turned acceptable from Tanner. And Tanner says, Paul, today I have an unacceptable that ends with an acceptable. My girlfriend's grandparents are the two sweetest people on earth. They are both retired and although elder, they still fill their time doing things they love like fishing at the lake or spending time with the grandchildren. That's awesome. Recently, her grandmother received a call from somebody who said his name was is David. David tells her she has won $4 million in a contest and that... 
To collect her prize, she will have to send a small amount of money to cover the legal fees, about 800 bucks. Pretty typical scam, right? Well, she falls for it since nobody has told her any better and she asks what she needs to do next. The scammer says he is going to wire her 350 then all she needs to do is wire that 350 plus another 800 to another person who allegedly works for this contest company in Jamaica and they will have her 4 million bucks. She collects the 350 then goes to the corner drugstore to wire the rest. Here is the acceptable part. The cashier stopped her. The cashier asked her if she even knew the person who she was sending the money to. She explained to her that the phone call is a scam. Although Grandma was not convinced and a bit, uh, was it, uh, irritated that the cashier refused her request, now Grandpa steps in and contacts the police. The police investigate and make them change her uh, uh, and make them change her number and tell them not to answer this David uh, who has called about 20 times a day asking for his money back. Joke's on you, David, or whatever his real name is. They are keeping the 350 from this sucker. That's awesome. That is awesome. Love the podcast. Can't wait to see your special. Uh, and now, even my girlfriend is a TVE listener. Thanks for all the laughs, Tanner. Well, thank you, Tanner, and you're apparently dating the proper girl. That's the right girl you're dating, okay? Because she listens to the show and she likes it. So thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. That is awesome. That is awesome that your uh, that your uh, girlfriend's grandparents got to keep that 350. Yeah, man, people do that, man. They call from other countries and they say this. There was one guy online you could watch. He kept the scammer on the phone for like so long and then called him out on it. And the scammer started cursing at him. It's the best when you get people like that. But the fact that this old woman is going to go there and do that and be taken advantage of like that and the cashier, good on that cashier, that is awesome. Here's what I would do. I would take $50 of that $350 and go give it to that cashier and say thank you for saving me $800 or whatever it is. I I think that, uh, or something, buy him something, bring him dinner, do something for that cashier. That is awesome. Uh, Thank you for the, uh, see, that's a nice story without yelling on the show. doesn't always have to be crazy. Doesn't always have to be bad. Cafe straight up stole from me. Here we go. From Mark. Uh, hey, Paul. Writing in from Australia. Nice. Nice. Over here, our currency is in 5, 10, 20, 50, and 100. Not overly important, but helps tell the story for anybody listening, uh, for anybody listing, listing that doesn't know. Okay. So the currency, so your currency there is only that. I didn't know that. So it's just, so there's no ones. Is that right? It's just, so it's just coins are the ones, 5, 10, 20, 50, and 100. Not a, okay. Anyway, here's my unacceptable of the week. I live by myself and I don't eat out much because I'm currently trying to save to move into a different house. But I had the day off of work, so I decided to go to a local cafe for breakfast. I ordered the all-day breakfast and a coffee at uh, totaling $22. I look in my wallet and only have a 20 uh, and a 50 with no coin. So I hand over the 50 and only get $8 uh, change. So I look back at the cashier and say, uh, hey, I gave you a 50 holding out the 8 she gave me in my hands. She then just replies with, yeah, and there's your change. I'm there like, yeah, uh, these some, some of this, wait, yeah. 
these, some of it, where's the rest? Okay, I don't know if that's some Australian shit or if that's a typo. Yeah, these, some of it, where's the rest? She then just replies with, that's it, and walks over to the coffee machine to start making the coffee, completely ignoring me. So I just left there thinking, what the fuck, and couldn't get uh, her, her attention. Uh, so, like a schoolyard bitch, I just go and sit down. Someone else brings out my food, and I never see her again. So I'm down 20 because I'm too awkward to confront this twat thinking about how I could have handled it better but never do anything. Lock her simmering puzzled face in a cage and take 20 bucks for her at the time until she learns to count. Cheers, Mark. Well, Mark, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how this show has a pattern? And I know you guys are like, Paul does this on purpose. I promise you. When it's about bathroom and potty humor with the unacceptables, they all are. Now we got back-to-back cashier ones, okay? I'm telling you, it's a common thing. I think that's what's going on around the world. This is what's happening, and the people that are calling out, and this is the time. This week, cashiers were either great or sucked. It was cashier week. Uh, I got to be honest with you. As much as it's unacceptable that she said that, this is on you. Money is money, brother. All right, I appreciate you listening from Australia. I can't wait to go to Australia. And I think that that's something in the works in the next year and a half because there's a comedy festival out there. And I would love for you to come out there. And I appreciate you listening. Uh, I appreciate all my fans. But the fact that you're uh, from down under, mate, I love. However, you got to go and you got to confront her and say, where's my $20? Like $20 is $20. Okay. even if you don't want to be bothered for $3 and you're like, that's what I was going to tip anyway, something like that, to get yourself through it mentally, fine. I'll give you that. Five, I'll give you. Now you're talking $20, man. You know, $20, you have to just, for 20 bucks, man, you gotta, you gotta do, you gotta get your money back. You have to go and get the money. As much as it, yes, it is unacceptable for her. Also unacceptable for you for not to get the money back. But you did address that in the message. Thank you so much, Mark. Here we go. Uh, This one, Blade Runner unacceptable from Sam. Uh, Hi, Paul. uh, I'll try to keep this short. I'm an enormous movie fan, as am I, Sam. Uh, And I've been anticipating Blade Runner 2049 for years. My nearby theater was showing a double feature, so uh, I reserved some seats for me and my friend as soon as I could. We get there, and within two minutes of the f- uh, of the first movie, I realized that these two fucking cunts right next to us were going uh, to talk through the whole movie. And I do mean the whole movie. One of the final scenes is amazing. Beautiful monologue, uh, and they completely ruined it on the big screen. Uh, I know I should have said something, but my friend told me that he thought they were uh, retarded and I didn't want to be an asshole, so I just tried to ignore them. The The second movie starts, and of course, obnoxiously, whenever a vaguely sexual line was said, these people don't understand that we might never get a chance. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh... I, I, I skipped the line. The second the movie... Hold on, let me make... I can make this font bigger. Hold on. Uh, the second movie starts, and of course, they keep talking. On top of that, there were a bunch of loud jackoffs to the right of us who would laugh loudly, obnoxiously, whenever a vaguely sexual line was said. These people don't understand that we might never get a chance uh, to see an old movie in a theater again. And I hate 
that these people ruined it for me. I honestly think that theaters need to uh, need to be harder on people who talk because they, yes, neg- negatively affected my enjoyment of the movie. That being said, I would recommend seeing it. Uh, I would recommend seeing it of your fan of. If you're a fan of the original, I think you were trying to say. But just make sure you pay attention to everything because if you miss something, you might get lost. Thanks for the podcast and thanks for reading. Sincerely, Dan from uh, Sam from Colorado. Uh, I want to see Blade Runner. I do. And I heard amazing things about it. I actually like Ryan Gosling in movies. Uh, I think that, I mean, I think he's, I think he's, you know, sometimes funny. I think he's good. I'm going to, I'm going to see that at some point. Uh, unacceptable. Here we go. Oh my God. Am I going to mess your name up? Is it Kaylee? Is it Kaylee or Keely? I think it's Kaylee. I'm going to say Kaylee. I'm sorry. I always do that where people are like, Hey, I love the show. Yeah. You messed my name up like twice, but I'm sorry. Hey Paul, you don't have to read this on the podcast. Uh, I just finished listening to your most recent podcast. Um, and you going off on Facebook. I think you hit the nail on the head. People just want to chime in and start shit uh, just to get a response from you or at least get your attention. It's bullshit and frankly uncalled for and unacceptable. It's your page. I don't know why some people are assholes. Like, why do they have to spread their negative shit? I heard you say you're practically maxed out for allowing friends on Facebook and you shouldn't have to. But maybe delete these people uh, who have to get uh, that jab in on posts of yours. If you don't know them and they want to start shit, they don't matter. I'm sorry you have to deal with that. I can I can only imagine how tiresome it could get. You're a human just like the rest of us. On a, on a side note, okay, no, that's great. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. And uh, you're right. You know, it's I, I realized, and I don't know, it's one of those things where you don't want to think and I got the rest of your message too. I appreciate that. So, um, you know, I thank you very much. And I wanted to, I actually wanted to read that, but you know, it gets to a point where, and again, I don't want to sound like, I don't, I I don't want to come across as arrogant. I don't want to come across as, as acting or, you know, thinking that I'm bigger than I, than I am. But I have noticed over the past year and a half to, you know, two years, but definitely the past year and a half that, um, you know, people have admitted to me, hey, man, I just wanted to chime in and talk shit. And that's why I did that. Or I wanted to be a part of it. And I've done some posts where it's got hundreds and hundreds of likes and 50 something comments. And I realize that the people that are commenting negative want to get a rise out of me. The problem with me is I'm super competitive. And I when I know that I'm smarter than somebody or I know that I'm right about something over somebody, I have a hard time taking the high road. You know, I like to I like to win. And I like to um, and I like to prove people wrong. But what I really like to do is people that are commenters, people that are you know self-important, and they think that they matter when they don't, and they try to chime in. I like to hurt those people, and that's not a good quality of mine. It's really not. Like I like when a, just a cunty commenter just gets shut down. I really do, and it's a bad thing. Like I re- like even when I watch political arguments, I love when people. When people that are wrong get hit in the face hard. I do. And it's something that, you know, my wife tells me too. She's like, you have to, I don't know what it is. Like some people say it's the Greeks. Some people, because the Greeks have this, see, this is what I'm dealing with. And people that say it's not in you, it is in you. 
I see it, you know. My, I sometimes you'll see it in your kids too. Like, like the Greeks have the the um, vendettas. Greeks have a vendetta, but they don't talk about it. This is what I've learned, and you could ask Giannis Papas about this because he told me about it too. Greeks have vendettas, so I mean, if they don't like you or you did something, they always they they want to pain you later, and they're not going to talk about it. Italians have they want to talk about it and they want to pain you. Either way, it's a bad quality to have, and I have both of them. And because of that, I can't lay off sometimes. I'll give you a perfect example. Bill Burr took a picture of me and Joe Bartnick at the uh, the Tampa Bay game, and we're holding big green frozen margaritas. You know, yeah, and you know, you know the jokes. Oh, look at these two. What are they gonna get a room? You know, just like the two gay guys, this and that. So Bill tweeted it because it was such a funny picture, and he put in the tweet caption this. And as you could imagine, Bill Burr's got a million followers or whatever, almost like literally. And all these people are captioned. And some are funny, and me and Joe are laughing. But there were some that were just, you know, kind of mean or trying to get a rise out of us, trying to say something. And that's what it is in this business. And I learned that. And that, that it took me a while to learn. But, um, you know, so what, what I did was I read them. And there were some that were harsh. And there were some that were mean. And there were some that were mean to Joe. There were some that were mean to me. There were some that were mean to Joe. But some were just really like over the top trying to get a rise. And Bill just says, stay off of Twitter. They're doing it because I posted it. They're doing it because they like you. They like me. And they're trying to have one of us say something. Don't do it. Don't do it. And Joe just stays quiet. And Joe just stays silent. Well, I'm in the back of an Escalade driving from Gainesville. And I'm hammered drunk. Okay, I'm hammered. I had a great game. And I go, I can't live with this. So I go to Twitter. And I find all of the negative ones. And I said, is this one negative enough to attack or is it not? Should I leave it alone? And I left like 98% of them alone. But there was a couple where I went hard. And Bartnick's just laughing and Bill's going, what's going on? He goes, oh, Versi's calling these people constant can make it. And I did. And I realized the next day, I was like, you know what? You can't do that. But I do. And that's something that I need to get better at. The bigger I get in this business, the more people that know me. Um, but if I make a Yankee post, what annoys me is if I make a Yankee post or if I say something common, you know, just a normal thing, I'm getting more than I want to get. And that's the problem. It's like, I'll say something like, Hey man, going on vacation. Can't wait to do this. Yeah, well don't do that. And it's just like, and I'm realizing, Oh, this person wants to be a part of what I'm doing. They're trying to get a rise out of me. They either listen to my podcast, know my comedy. And then what they ultimately want to do is go, yeah, well, comedian Paul Verzi said this. I did it. He responded and you can't give them the power. So, but you're hundred percent right. And unfortunately it's not a perfect world like that, but I really appreciate it. You're clearly a sweetheart and uh, I appreciate all your support. Last one, everybody, fire unacceptable from Christopher. And Christopher says, quick background. I'm a 30-year-old chemist, uh, and my job really is to blend in with smart coworkers and not let them know I'm actually a dumb dope. (laughs) Uh, uh, Going almost eight years strong. My unacceptable is me having to explain to my boss why I'm standing there with a shit-eating grin with my headphones in holding a fire extinguisher, listening to Verzi uh, spit his unacceptable with fire. Uh, worried his level of anger will inevitably start uh, start a fire. That's hilarious. Uh, somewhere around me. Uh, fucking loved it, man. Uh, keep bring the fire. Okay, well, thank you, Christopher. And thank you, all of you guys, for your unacceptable uh, submissions. 
Uh, if you would like to submit to my show, The Verzi Effect, please submit to unacceptables4tve at gmail.com. That is spelled out the word for, not the number for, but the word for. So unacceptable, F-O-R-T-V-E at gmail.com. Uh, keep them nice, short, and sweet like this, of course. And by the way, Twitter got more characters, so you can send them to me um, on Twitter as well. Thank you guys so much for the submissions. As always, they were awesome, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, let's see what else we have. Oh, we have some, we're, we're running late, but I don't care. I don't care. Um, here we go, everybody. I got a massage today. Okay. I got a massage because I am going to be on an airplane for many, many hours and I have two disc injuries. I have a herniated disc in my lower back and a bulging disc in my upper back, which I think both are starting to heal and get better because of certain things I'm doing, but the massage is definitely one of them. And, um, I went to, I think I mentioned before on the show, when you go to a massage therapist, I was actually talking to the lady I went to today. She even said, cause I said to her, I said, can I ask you a question? It was really weird though, actually. Like it was really weird because I'm laying with you basically, you know, nothing on but my underwear. Right. And I'm laying face down and my face is in the little circle and there's like this low music and like, and then she like dimmed the lights and, uh. <laughs> We're just sitting there, you know, she was, she like, they, they know me there and they know that I'm a comic and they like know my albums. So like they, they, you know, they're very nice and talkative and stuff, but I'm laying there and I'm thinking like, why is this so much better than the last time I spent money here? Okay. Cause it's, you spend money. Okay. And these people are professionals, but why is this person finding the spots in my back that are definitely causing me an issue when they're working them out and other people aren't, but it was funny cause I'm laying there face down this music and it's dark. And this, like, she's an older one. I go to the older, she's an older, um, I guess she, she's like the more tenured one and she's a, a, a teacher. And I've had a bunch, a handful of people at this, um, you know, at this place that I go to. Uh, and it's amazing. And, and I said to her, while my face is down though, I go, can I ask you a question? But I said it like relaxed. So right after the words come out of my mouth, I'm going, oh my God, dude, she must, gonna, she's going to probably think I'm trying to like, you know. <laughs> give her a proposition here like because literally like after a certain point the lights go down even more and there's this like low music I'm not going to say the music is sensual but it's definitely has that like undertone of like ooh, like a nice you know what I mean like a nice I don't know why I just went ooh, that sounds like a ghost you know what I mean and I'm laying there and I'm thinking oh my god like she's finding like she would go with her thumb over a spot and then she'd come back with her other fingers over a spot. And then she would like pinpoint it, right, with her with her index finger. And she'd go, Paul, are you tense right here? Is there tension right there? And I'm like, yes. How do you? She's like, it's ridiculous. So face down, I go, hey, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and it's it was like not creepy, but just low. Like I'm whispering. I'm not going to yell. And she goes, yeah, go ahead. And I'm going, oh, my God, I hope she doesn't. But then I said to her, I said, what's the, what? What makes one of you guys better than the other? Like, you know, with a comedian, to me, what makes a comedian better to me is honesty and vulnerability. Um, you know, doc, they're better doctors. They're better lawyers. They just are. And, you know, I said to her, what makes you guys better? And she really said, she goes, being in the moment, actually using your touch to feel what's going on and not just checking out and thinking of your grocery list in your head. Just like, and I'm like, yeah. <clears throat> and the other people do that or some other people this woman 
is nuts. She was telling me she went to India to study certain parts of the body that are like pressure points that these people were doing 5,000 years ago. End of the massage, I'm laying on my back. I'm, I shit you not. I shit you not. I'm laying on my back. And she sits behind my head and she grabs this cold cream and she just starts touching the top of my head, the top of my scalp. She starts touching like where when you were a baby, the soft spot, like that area. Because that area happens to be a, a certain a certain point of your head. And she's literally takes this cream and puts it in the middle of my forehead. In the middle of my forehead. And she just rolls it around. And as crazy as this is to say, my brain got relaxed. And I and as she's doing it, my eyes are closed. And I blurt it out. I go, oh my God, this is wild. And she burst, she didn't burst out laughing, but she like did it in a laugh. It wasn't like a laugh, like, I can't believe you said this is wild. Did it in a laugh, like, I know, right? Like, how crazy is this? Like, that laugh. Like, she did it like, "Uh uh-huh. She goes, yeah, I went to study this. Dude, she touched my head, and I was like, my, it was almost like my brain just got, it was nuts. I walked out of there, floating out of there. I'm going to be on an airplane tomorrow for like 10 hours, going across the frigging world, whatever. And, uh... (laughs) And it was incredible. So what I want you to take from that piece of me talking about it is when you go to a therapist, go to a a massage therapist, go to three or four uh, at the same facility, go to three or four, and you're going to find a one that just knows. They just know. They'll find the pain without you saying anything because they ask you stuff, but then they like, they'll find things. And uh, she was working on my shoulder and her finger hit this point on my shoulder. And I realized that my rotator cuff has been hurting me. I've been playing ball with my son. And I, you know, and uh, she, she put her finger in this weird place. And all of a sudden, I got this weird feeling. And I was like, wait a minute. That's where the, I think that that's like the root of the pain. And she just knew. And um, yeah, she's on some Jedi shit. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Uh, and I feel good. And I will spend, listen, if you're going to spend money on drinks and booze, Cut the drinks and booze out and go get massages. Okay? If you're gonna spend if you spend too much money on golf, cut the golfing down and go get a massage. Bob Hope, I think he did one like every day. You gotta it's it's amazing. I said, I go, is it bad if you get a massage every day? He's like, no, it's actually amazing for you. It's amazing for your muscles. It actually makes chemicals in your brain positive. It's crazy. Um All right. What else is going on in my life that I want to share with you guys? Uh, well, I got a pack. I'm a last minute flyer, guys. No matter what I do, I got. You ever fly and you're like, no, I'm ready. I'm gonna start packing at two o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have to be up till nine in the morning. And at eight thirty, you're like, what did I forget? That that's what's happening here. It always happens to me. Um, let's talk some sports, everybody. The New York Yankees were down 0-2. Heartbreaker. You know, just. Joe Girardi not challenging that hit batsman, and then a grand slam happens. You lose that heartbreaker. You fly to New York. All right, you win game three, but you're probably going to lose game four. All right, you win game four. No way you're going to fly back to Cleveland and beat their best pitcher again in a game decisive game five, and they did it. It is this young team, the lineup from top to bottom. Sanchez, you got Judge, Didi hitting home runs. You got Gardner, who's the veteran. You know, you got uh, uh, Bird at first base. It's just, it's just the team is so fun, so amazing, huge pitching. Um, I'm, I am in, man. I am in. This young team got me back in. My son got me back in, 
And um, it is just the opposite of the New York Football Giants, everybody. Because the New York Football Giants, I have to say this right now. I was so wrong. I apologize for that awful prediction. Um, I will say this. I have made some good ones on the show. You got to give me that. You assholes got to give me that. Okay? You got it. I had the Warriors three-peating, and they did it twice and went and almost did it three times. I've picked a lot of teams that were going to go to the Super Bowl before week one, and at least one of them have been in. This is by far one of the worst, horrific, terrible picks that I've ever had, predictions that I've ever had. I thought this team was going to go, you know, 12 and 4, 11 and 5 again. Instead, I don't think they're going to go opposite of that. I don't think they're going to go 4 and 12 or 5 and 11. Every freaking offensive player broke their leg last week. You know, I got friends who were season ticket holders to the Giants that can't give the tickets away. It is. Could not be worse. Odell crying, screaming. I get it, but like enough's enough. You know, drama queen. Brandon Marshall broke his foot. Here's the good news. A fantasy football team is off the schneid. That's right, me and my son. We're on a fantasy football team. I made some changes. See, that's my competitiveness. It's a father-son in our neighborhood fantasy football. Okay? We had two of the most ridiculous losses where all the guy needed to do was catch like two passes in a game and he and it didn't happen. So we lost twice. We ended up going like 0-4. And, and now I'm going, I'm not doing this. Me and my son aren't going to lose. So I put my head into it a little bit, made some moves, got a win. I made some moves this week. I'm going to climb out of this hole, people. That's what it comes down. You want to know why? Because I'm a winner. That's why. Because I don't lay down, everybody. Um... No movies, but people, come on, man. Star Wars comes out December 15th. Did you really have to buy your tickets for opening night this week? Did you have to? Did you have to go online and buy your tickets this week with a cape on or a freaking whatever those Jedi hoods on? Did you have to do that? At some point, do you look yourself in the mirror and say, I mean, is it fun? Look, I know what you're saying. Well, Paul, you'll go to a game with a jersey. Well, I don't wear jerseys, but you'll go to a game with the shirt on of your favorite team. Or you'll go to a game and you'll have, a, you know, people bring baseball gloves to catch a foul ball. They're sitting in the upper deck. There's no chance the ball's going to get there. Is it? It's a little different. It is a little different, okay? This, this, it is October 12th. You have more than two months before a movie gets released. And you're ordering tickets like that and posting about it. I'm excited too. I like Star Wars. But where does the line get drawn? <clears throat> and I'll tell you what I didn't like. There's some like ferret or some guinea pig or something in it that's like in the spaceship with Chewbacca. It's like, it literally looks like a guinea, like an animated, like an animated guinea pig, like screaming. And and it's it, like, haven't they learned that the good movies haven't had those anymore? All right, you got Chewbacca. You got a giant, you know, Sasquatch-looking monkey, whatever he is. You got a giant hairy man running around, going, you know, you got that shit. You you already have that. Is, isn't it a, is enough enough? Now you got a guinea pig that's going to start screaming. Lord knows what's going to be in the next movie. There's going to be some elephant island where elephants are running around on two feet holding shotguns. It's just, it gets to the point where it's like enough. I get it, okay? There's a Wookiee. He, he's hairy. You know, he's Han Solo's best friend. Now Han Solo's gone. He's flying. And now he's got like a little pet guinea pig hanging out on a dashboard. And it's too much. It's too much. Um, so I had to write that down because I was saying that I thought Chewbacca had Asperger's or uh, was like or Chewbacca had Asperger's or something. I thought. Um, 
because like he tilts his head, you know, like I don't know if it's Asperger's or what, but like when he listens to something, he tilts his head kind of like a dog. And <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I am excited and I am going to see it though. I am going to see it. But the Irishman, everybody. Oh, the Irishman. Here's what I have to see. I got to see the Irishman. I got to see Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and I have to see uh, Blade Runner. But I want to watch the old Blade Runner first. Those are the ones that I definitely want to see. Uh, where are we on time, everybody? This is a fun one. This is just a fun, easy going, not too angry. It's nice not to get angry. Um, guys, I want to give you a heads up. The Verzi Effect podcast will be later next week. Okay, so it's going to be a week and a half because I will be um, on my wedding anniversary. And I am flying 10 hours away. And I am going to be in paradise. And I am not going to be, you know, reading unacceptables from paradise. I'm not going to be looking down some volcano going, Yeah, the other day my boss walks in. I got my dick in my hand. It's like, dude, can I? (laughs) Ah, So I'm going to be, it's going to be later. I want to give you a heads up. Patreon is coming. I changed to the iPhone and I could do it now that way. I know they're late. They're backed up, but they're coming. Thank you for subscribing. You're going to get more and you're going to get good interviews. Trust me. I'm working on that now. I, oh, I don't even know if I talked about this. Did I? I didn't talk about this yet. Everybody, I left Android and I have an iPhone 8 Plus. Did I talk, if I talked about it before, I apologize, but I don't think I did. I got the iPhone 8 Plus. So I'm not getting the 10. I'm not spending $1,000 so it could scan my face. I just don't watch, I don't look at phones that much. Like, it's it's not that important. But the 8 Plus is the shit. The screen is awesome. It's already more user-friendly. It was so funny because I was texting friends and they're going, Oh, it's blue again. It's blue again. Welcome back. Because when you do it from an Android or a Samsung, it's green. But when you do it from the iPhone, it's blue. So everyone's like, you went back. You did it. And my heart stopped because... I dropped it. I didn't have the case on it, and I dropped it, and I didn't get the insurance. And it's like an $800 phone, right? And luckily, nothing happened. I took my son to the batting cages. By the way, start. I hit 85 miles an hour, everybody, a couple times. It took me like five pitches to catch up to it, but I hit it. I hit it. And I don't know how somebody hits a 100-mile-an-hour fastball because when 80 flew by me, it took me a couple to even get you know any kind of piece of the ball or foul ball. But it is so ridiculous. 85 miles an hour is so ridiculously fast that 100, it's almost comical. It's like the fact that these guys can do it is so ridiculous when you realize how hard baseball is. Um, But I dropped my phone, and I was like, oh, man. you know. By the way, my son was crushing it in the cages, crushing it. And then the competitive Dick Paul Verzi competitive, my son was in 40 miles an hour crushing it. And then he goes, I want to do 60. So when he goes to 60, one dad and an older son was like, how old is he? He's like, yeah. I think 60 is going to be a little hard. And don't get me wrong. Like, it was hard for him. Like, they were flying by. He was just missing it, just missing it. But he did something super smart, and I loved it. Um, he he was like, how am I going to hit this? So he just kind of put the bat there to bunt to, like, see. And then after he did that, he started fouling him off. And it was pretty cool to see. And the guy was like, all right, all right. I mean, definitely, you know, he's got to work his way up. But um, it was really it was really fun. I do that. Do yourself a favor. If you like baseball, go to a batting cage. Just see where you're at speed-wise, hand-eye coordination. So fun. Um, but the phone was okay, and now I got the case on it. So uh, there you go. Uh, I know that's not a very good way to end a podcast, but 
I'm just talking. You know, it's my show. I can do what I want to do. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys in Arizona. Thank you guys in Wisconsin. Thank you guys in Florida. Thank you, soldiers. Thank you in Japan, Croatia, Australia, the UK, Canada. I see you. Um, I got some shows coming up. Let's talk about that. Let's do some plugs first. And make sure you guys don't 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 leave out my sponsors. Get that chassis powder. Get that chassis ball powder. I'm telling you. Dry balls. The ball game is over. It's the best. Chassisformen.com. Get it at Amazon. Check out allthingscomedy.com and check out City Living Dog. Coach Mike. Go to his videos, okay? I want you guys to do that. Those are people that those are really good people too. You know, I don't just have people sponsor. Those are really good people. All things comedy is all for the artists. City Living Dog will help you. You know, Chassis is a great, unbelievable company coming up really strong right now. And everybody's using the product and I'm proud to have them on there. But please check that out because they would not be on my show if, it, if that was not the case. Where am I going to be? You ask? I will be in Poughkeepsie. Everybody, Poughkeepsie. Laugh It Up Comedy Club with my good friend Joe Bartnick. October the 28th. I will be somewhere the 26th and 27th in Phoenix, Arizona. Then I got to fly home and I will be at Laugh It Up Comedy Club at Mahoney's October 28th. It's going to be a great show. It's a fun little room. It's going to be a great time. Um, where else am I? Where else am I going to be? I got um, November. No. Oh, I'm coming to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, 3, 4, and 5. I will be with Bill Burr and Joe Bartnick at the Riverside Theater right next to the Cigar Lounge. Then I will be at the Meyer Theater in Green Bay, Wisconsin going to the Packers game at that amazing theater. So I'm coming to Green Bay too. Uh, I will be doing shows in New York City. And there's something else in November I'm forgetting, but I will get to it. I will figure it out. You know what? You guys could get it. You could get it on my website, paulverzi.com. So check that out. Um... If you see a fat cop, say something. If you see something, say something. Okay? Need the cops to be in shape. You can't have a 350-pound cop that's five foot nine. Okay? If you're a 350-pound you know, cop, um, you know, you got to be tall or something. You can't, you can't look like that. Um, you got to be healthy. You got to be healthy. And, um, you know. Anyway, so what else? That's it. Did I cover everything? Sometimes I get off and I'm like, oh, I didn't talk about that. Did I cover? Yeah, I talked about massages, right? Oh, I got a free feeling bombing. That's the one thing I missed. I'm bombing on stage a little bit. Not bombing, but just trying stuff. And like like last night I did a joke that bombed. But then nobody in the crowd was laughing for anybody. And then I got on stage thinking, oh, I'll get these people, whatever. Yeah, and then they weren't laughing. And then I went to another club, did the same joke, and that joke killed. But there's something free about doing it. Um, oh, one thing I want to mention on the show, guys, is, uh, the passing of, uh, comedian Ralphie May, uh, rest in peace, my condolences, thoughts and prayers to, uh, Ralphie and his family, um, he had children, he was only 45 years old, he's done a bunch of specials, uh, I met Ralphie in, um, I met Ralphie in California at the Improv in Los Angeles, but then I also did a show with him and met him and was at an after party with him in Pittsburgh. Uh, and he was always a really sweet, nice guy. He'd just give you a big smile. He was always really sweet, easy to talk to, um, really funny dude. And uh, the comedy community and the world is, 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 you know, at a definite loss without him. So, uh, again, thoughts and prayers, rest in peace 
to um, Ralphie May. Okay, and I hope that um, his family and his kids get through this hard time. But uh, there you go. So I'll end it with that. Uh, if you guys want to watch some old Ralphie uh, May clips and all that stuff. But uh, good dude, really funny, and uh, will definitely be missed. Until episode uh, 328, I am out of here.